Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord, church. Thank you so much for taking this time to come out today. Um, It feels nice to have people in the audience. The last time I spoke was early on in the pandemic, and I thought I can get away with it, but then the pastor asked me to speak uh, today. But I'm very excited. Um, First of all, I just want to say congratulations to the six individuals that got baptized. Um, What a... What a blessing, what an honor just to have more people added to God's family. It is so cool to see what God is doing. It was a historic moment, and I I know God is going to do some great things in their life, right? So can we give it up to them one more time? I know some of them are not here, but but we can still give God glory for that. Um, So I haven't spoke, like I said, in a while. Last time I spoke, I gave a message, but everyone gave me a hard time because it went a little too long. They said that my, that my intro was longer than my whole message. So today, I'm wanting to go straight into my message. I even asked the guys in the back to give me a little timer, just in case I go a little bit longer than expected. But, you know, I, I love speaking on what God um, puts on my heart because I feel like God has a word for every single person, and it's uh, God inspires some of us to, to be able to do more than we are called to do, right? Like, God will wake us up sometimes in the middle of the night and tell us to do certain things. Or God will uh, tell other people to come tell you to come and do things because God believes that there's more in every single one of us. So as God was here, I, I had the fear of, oh God, should I speak? But God's like, this is the time that I have called you for, right? So I want everyone here to be like, God is gonna inspire you today. That's what I want you to leave here with, that God is gonna inspire you to do more today. So, um, like I said earlier, I don't want to. I want to go straight into my message. So we are starting a new series called Servant Leadership. Servant Leadership. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Matter of fact, uh, Metro students, this is one of our core values. We talk about this all the time. Uh, it's one of our ideologies in in our culture. We talk about servant leadership. I always say that you must uh, lead from the parking lot to the pulpit. You must stack chairs to be singing and leading worship on stage, right? Because uh, before God can trust us with the big things, we must be good stewards of the small things, right? So I emphasize servant leadership because as one church, if we all come together and we are servant leaders, um, God will unite us, God else will bring us together, and we all, all have one goal and one, one mission, right? And that's what God has called us to do in this place. Uh, so for the next four weeks, we'll be taking a deep dive into the call, character, and co- competency of a servant leader, Pastor Linson, me, and Pastor wanted to come together and formulate this uh, series in order to inspire our church for for greater things to come in the next couple of months. So the greatest crisis that is facing a lot of churches now is not the lack of funding, not the type of worship, not the sermons or the type of ministries. Matter of fact, a lot of ministries and churches are experiencing a drop-off of people who want to be leaders in their church. Uh, growing up, what, in, in most churches, not our church, but a lot of young leaders will grow up in bad examples of what poor leadership looks like, you know? They would, 
they would see certain things and say that that's not what leadership really looks like. And me as a young man growing up, I, I didn't have a lot of people to model leadership from, you know. Um, I, if anything, it was the Bible. So God inspired me that when I had the opportunity to be a pastor, or now that I have the opportunity to be on stage, God was telling me that it's time that we, we repre- represent what good leadership looks like. God gave me the opportunity to say that, that we have the job of showing the next generation what servant leadership looks like. So everyone here has to come together and say that it's our job to be able to show the, young, the next generation, the people around us, what leadership looks like, right? So what I want to do today is I want to leave you guys with a question, right? This question, as I'm speaking, everyone has to put on yourself to, to answer this question, okay? Why do you serve? Why do you serve? Okay? So as I'm speaking, I want you guys to think about that, okay? Think about that. In 1961, uh, one of our presidents, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, one of the most famous presidents, he gave one of his most famous speeches of all time. Uh, This speech was so famous that people still talk about it today. It was his inaugural address. And in his speech, he gave a very famous saying. Maybe a lot of you guys know what that saying is. But during that time, our country was going through a lot. The climate of our country, we were going through uh, racial division. We were going through war, economical strife. There was a lot of things that were going on in our country. So John F. Kennedy, during his inaugural address, wanted the whole country to be united, and he wanted everyone to do more for their country. So during that time, John F. Kennedy gave a really famous uh, word, uh, quote, and he said this, ask not what your country could do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. That quote was so famous that all these other countries started adopting the same saying in their own language, in their own uh, countries as well. During that time, during John F. Kennedy's presidency, the United States experienced the most overseas presence that they have ever experienced in, in the longest time ever in history. That being that more men and women were willing to go serve in the military than before ever recorded. Now, I don't know if that statistic is, is connected to what John F. Kennedy said that day, but I believe that when he was giving his speech, there were some young men and women who were watching him on the screen and had a desire to do more. And they're like, I don't know what that looks like, but I want to go do something greater for my country, right? Church, for me as a pastor, sometimes the most hardest thing to hear from people is when they say that the church does not do enough for me or there's not a ministry that is catered for me or I don't get anything from the worship set because the songs are not what I'm looking for. And that's always hard for us. I know us as pastors can understand is because we try to make sure that everyone can leave here with something. But then there's also a responsibility that's put on us to be like, what can I do for my church? So church, today I want to ask you, just like in the famous words of John F. Kennedy, ask not what your church can do for you, but ask what you can do for your church. Ask not what you can do for your family, but ask what you could do for your family, for your marriages, for your workplaces. And if we all come together, we will be able to do greater things together. Amen? Amen. In the scripture, it says that the, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that want to be served than that want to go and serve that have a desire to serve. 
So the Lord is getting ready to release his workers. The Lord is getting ready to do something. So today, church, I'm asking you, are you willing to answer the call that God has on your life? Are you willing to be servant leaders? And that's the call that we're going to be answering today after the message, during worship, during the week. We're going to answer that call together. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's get into scripture today. And we'll be reading from John 13, 1 through 17. Everyone knows this famous passage in scripture. This is the story of Jesus and his disciples. Uh, Usually when people reference servant leadership, they usually go to this scripture. And I couldn't pass over this scripture because if we're going to model what good leadership looks like and what servant leadership looks like, we always look to Jesus. Amen? So let's start reading in verse 1. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that he that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world and loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas the Sacriot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, tied it around his waist, Then he poured the water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what am I doing? What I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Jesus said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, "If if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, this is a funny part of scripture right here. He said, Simon Peter, Lord, uh, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the only one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. But not every one of you, for he knew who was about to betray him. That is, what, that is why he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put on their outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I'm doing now? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If then the Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Verse 16 says, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Verse 17, last verse. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen. What a verse. There's a lot that is going on in this scripture during this time. Um, This is going to be one of the last times that Jesus is around his disciples. You know, we know what's going to be happening after this. He's going to be taken to trial, and then he's going to be taken to the cross. So for Jesus, this example was very important to him because he was trying to show the disciples what servant leadership looked like. So during that time, if you are going to supper or lunch, usually you have to wash your feet before, or the servant has to wash your feet before you enter into the home. The guest has to wash their feet. And usually what happens is, you know, back in the day they didn't have the type of shoes we had, you know, they didn't have Nikes, Adidas, none of that stuff. They had sandals, chapels, all those things, and they would have to remove that because there was dirt, mud, all grass, everything there. And the servant would kneel down and they will wash the guest's feet because they're the pristine guests, right? The people who are invited to the dinner. 
But in this case, what had happened was Jesus did something that was very unusual. He kneeled down and he took the place of a servant and he started to wash the disciples' feet. Could you imagine the tension and awkwardness in that room when you see someone of Jesus' power and stature start to kneel down and wash your feet? Like, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I'll be nervous. I would probably be just like Peter, you know, and say, Jesus, don't wash my feet, please. You don't have to do that. But Jesus' posture had a lot to say about his character, right? First of all, he's taking the place of a servant and washing the disciples' feet. Another thing that we had to also observe from this, this context is that people who are in high stature, high authority, usually never kneel in front of no, another person. You'll never see a king kneeling to a servant. You'll never see a, uh, a king kneeling to like their soldier. So in, for Jesus to do that, this was very different and very unusual at that time. Another thing that was very different was that the disciples and Jesus had a teacher-student relationship. It was a... Jesus was a rabbi. So when Jesus started to kneel, the disciples had no clue what was going on. They had no clue what to do because they always were so used to looking up at Jesus. But this is the first time that they, started, they were looking at Jesus directly, and this was very unusual for them, right? So like I said earlier, Jesus broke some cultural barriers. Jesus disrupted expectations. Jesus did things that were different and unusual than what the world would seem as normal, right? And we follow the example of Jesus. We look at him and his leadership style because that's who we should be as people. And if Jesus can be a servant leader, there is no excuse that we can make in our lives. Amen? See, I want to guys tell you this, that in order to be a servant leader, we must take the step and we must answer the call. Because if Jesus is our example, then in anything that Jesus does, we do it. Right? Wherever Jesus goes, we follow Jesus. Whatever characters that Jesus has, we have to uh, follow those characters because everything Jesus does, that's our goal and mission as Christians in our life, right? Let's look at scripture one more time. It says, what, so Jesus' posture had a powerful implication, right? So Jesus kneeling, this was a sign of humility. This is a sign of humility. Some might say that this is even humiliating, but Jesus was portraying a beautiful illustration of what we should do as followers and we should do is we should humble our hearts. We should humble our hearts because it's never, ever about us. It's always about Jesus and the cross. Amen? So, church, I ask you, what is the posture of your heart? What does your character say about you? What do people say when they look at you? Do they see, do they see Jesus in you? And I hope that when they see your heart that they see Jesus when you're serving, I hope that they see Jesus because that's our goal. That is what we're supposed to do. There's people who walk around and, and, and try to be the, what I say, like the biggest, baddest person in the room, right? Uh, making sure that they are known more than, they, than Jesus is known in that room. But we can't have those type of people in our church because that creates toxic environments. That creates no, no room for growth. That means that no leaders will be developed because it's only about that person. It's never about Jesus. So we can't have those type of people in church. Church, our posture says, of our heart says a lot about our character. So I pray that today that you will humble your heart. A humble posture precedes a prideful position. A humble posture precedes a prideful position. You know, even in the corporate world today, people are looking for people with a humble posture. 
Back in the day, it was always about the me first mentality, climbing the corporate ladder, being the greatest person in the room. But even I talk to my friends who work in the corporate world, they don't like those type of leaders anymore. The, the world is actually looking for servant leaders. The world is looking for people who have a humble posture. They're looking for people who are compassionate, who show sympathy, who show love to others. You know what that's called? Kingdom values. That means more people are trying to be like Jesus in the world. They're just not saying it's Jesus, but they're just saying that there is something that they are trying to achieve, and those are kingdom values. The good thing is we have a church, and we already know these values, right? So that means we have upper hand in the world. Amen. That's a great part of it. So church, I'm telling you right now, it's not about the position. It's not, if you think that a position brings influence and power, you got it wrong. But a humble, humble posture is what brings eternal longevity. A humble posture is what brings eternal longevity. It will bring longevity in your marriages. It will bring longevity in your families. It will bring longevity in your workplaces, in your ministries, and even in our church. So can we answer that call today? Can we answer that call? If Jesus is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords, and he humbled himself, what are we doing? What do we have to say? If God came down and he humbled himself and took a place of a servant and he was obedient to death, even death on the cross, then we have no right to be selfish or people that look, look only for our interests. We should be just like Jesus in everything that we do, right? Amen. Leads me to my first point today, which is if you want to answer the call of a servant leader, we must answer the call of being humble. We must answer the call of humbling ourselves. Like I said earlier, as a servant leader, it's never about us, right? It's never about us. Most of the time, you will never get accolades, acknowledgement, appreciation. Most of the time, you do things that go unrecognized, unnoticed, like taking out the trash. No one wants to do that. But when you do that, it makes an impact that maybe not other people will see, but God sees it. God sees it. If you consider humility to be that I have to be less than, like some people think that humility is thinking lower of yourself, or like I gotta, I gotta be like the, the least known person in the room. That's actually not what humility is. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is acknowledging that God is greater in your life, right? Understanding that his power is greater than whatever things that we do, and when we serve with that power and that authority, it doesn't matter the small things or the big things that we do because we know God is always greater. What is the verse in that Bible says? It says, we must decrease in order for him to increase, right? So, so now when you're serving, you have a different perspective, so even when you're doing the little things of picking up trash, you know that when you do it, you're giving glory and honor to God. Or when you're, when you're on stage and you're singing, you know that that's an act of servant leadership because you're giving glory to God. Or when you're calling someone during the week and praying for them, you know that maybe other people are not seeing that, but God is seeing it. Right? It's everything that we do brings glory to God, even the little things. Like I said earlier, a humble posture brings glory and honor to God. So does that want to make you guys want to serve a little bit more? Does that encourage you to be more of a servant leader in our church? Does that want you to step up and do more for what God has called you today? So a servant leader operates in humility. A self-serving leader manipulates with pride. I'm going to tell you some things, the difference between humility and pride, okay? So humility says, I want to serve, 
Pride says, why is no one serving me? Humility says, I have the honor of serving. Pride says, it's a burden to serve. Humility serves others while pride serves yourself. Church, today, I hope that serving other people is not a burden to you. I hope that when you're doing things and you're, you're praying for others and you're there for people, even in your own home, I pray that it is not a burden for you. I hope that you find complete joy in being there for others and serving them. See, I love to see people grow and I love to equip people around me because I know that people are gonna grow and people are gonna get better. Even in our student ministry, we have some of the greatest leaders that we will see in our whole church being rised up today. And I'm not afraid for them to go and do greater things than me because I'm confident in the call that God had upon my life. So if someone is better than me, they pass me, they get the position, I'm okay with it because that's what God has called me to do in their life, right? So sometimes in your life, you're just called to be a person that just encourages people. You're a person that shows love on them. You're a person that lifts others up. And if that person does go further than you, let it be, right? Let it be, right? right? Uh, Leaders that are insecure and don't know their identity are the ones that struggle with pride the most. Right? They're the ones that are afraid that someone might come for a position. You know what they say? They say, I want you to do good, but I don't want you to do better than me. They said that I want you to go, go with me, but I don't want you to go further than me. Right? And we can't have those type of people because then the God, God's kingdom is not being expanded in our church because everyone is trying to fight for a position. And that's not how God wants it to be. Jesus said this to his own disciples with his own words. He said this, that you will go and do greater things, greater works than me. That you will go and do greater works than me. Jesus said that with his own words. With his own words, Jesus said that. So with that being said, it's a great reward when we humble our hearts. It's a great reward that happens when we humble our hearts because God is getting ready to do something great in your life. What does scripture say? In 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6, it says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders, all of you, highlight that verse, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. In due time. God has something great for us. God is getting ready to do something great but he's saying everyone has to humble themselves. Everyone has to humble themselves. We all had to come together and make, be in agreement that we're gonna humble ourselves today. That's the only way that God, God will lift us up in due time. See, it's not pride that expands the kingdom of God, but a humble posture that, that, that attracts more people to God's kingdom. We want more people to come in our church, right? We want more people who don't, don't, know, don't know who Jesus is to be in our church. We want more people to come to the loving, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But first, we must be able to humble ourselves. Are we willing to answer that call, church? The second uh, topic, uh, the title that I have is, in order to be a servant leader, we're all called to be partakers. We're all called to be partakers. Growing up in my home, I was always the one that made excuses for always doing the work. I don't know how many of you guys are like that, like me. I would always try to get away with everything. Everything, everything had an excuse for it, right? And then I remember one day, my mom was coming back from dinner, I mean, coming back from work, and she was made dinner, and she told me this specific thing. She said, I'm making dinner, so can you do dishes? I'm tired, I need to go to sleep. 
And so me being the master of excuses, and uh, they would call me a carlechorkin at that time, I would always make an excuse for everything. So I said something like, Mom, I'm gonna, I have a project to do. I have some work. I have to go upstairs. My mom said something very profound to me that day. She said, if you want dinner, you have to do the dishes. <laughs> that stuck with me even in marriage. <laughs> but the, the also she said something. She said, you're a member of this house. You're a, you contribute to the, to the family. You're a partaker of this family, so it is your obligation to do so. Church, we are all members of this church. We're all a part of the family. If you consider yourself the bride of Christ, the church, you want to present yourself in a way that is pleasing to God, right? Most of you didn't come here today with not brushing your teeth or combing your hair or not wearing your favorite clothes. Like most of you guys came here today presentable. So in the same way, we have the responsibility to make sure that we uphold the house of God. We have a job to do in this church, and everyone has to come together and come in agreement that we will do something greater in this home. So it's time for us not to make excuses. Like I said earlier, when I was younger, I made excuses. But now when I hear many people make excuses, it just burdens my heart. Because this is not metro church. This is your church. This is your church. This is your home. This is your family. So we all have a responsibility to do greater. And, I, and these excuses that come, like, I want to be a singer, but I don't want to rap wires. That's not my job. I want community, but I don't want the commitment that follows with it. Right? Or people will say, I'll come help is my favorite. I'll come help as long as there's food. You know? <laughs> How many of us make that excuse? Or this one, uh, my favorite is, I'll volunteer as long as there's something in it for me. As long as there's something in it for me. And that's the hardest thing to hear sometimes because God is getting ready to release you, but you must take the responsibility that God has for you. God wants to do more in your life. God wants to see you do greater things, but it's a simple thing that you must do in order to do that. My last point today is um, a call to be an impact and a call to be an example. A call to make an impact and a call to be an example. Um, this is what it says in the verses, the scripture that we went to is, Jesus answered, what, am I, what I'm doing you will not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. For I've given you as an example so that you should do this just as I have done. Jesus did this as an example for his disciples. Jesus was doing this because he was about to do the greatest act ever, which is go and be an example on the cross. Right? And he wants all of us to make sacrifices in our life. Because if Jesus can do it, we can do it as well. We have to make sacrifices in our family. We gotta make sacrifices with our time. We gotta make sacrifices with our commitment because Jesus wants every single one of you to be an example for someone else. He wants you to be an example for the next generation. He wants you to be an example in your own homes. So be a servant leader in your own homes and then God can be able to do greater things in your life. This is my last point. I'm going to share a story after this. Servant leadership has a generational impact. Has a generational impact. Your servant heart and posture is something that will be witnessed by multitudes and will be modeled, will be a model that will be passed on by many generations to come. Servant leadership reproduces while self-serving leadership extinguishes. It brings death. It brings strife. So if if you want to be a leader that that is a servant leader, you have a responsibility to equip the next generation. 
You have a responsibility to be an example for those that follow after you. I promise you, there's little eyes that are watching you all the time. I promise when we even do the little things, like last week I saw Hannah, she was, she was taking the communion cups and putting it in the trash. Why? No one else was seeing that, but she knew that she had to keep the church clean for the next service. There's so many people in our church who do that stuff. I want to say thank you to every single servant leader in our church, but the more that we do, the more that God will be able to use us. Quickly, I want to share a story, and I can invite the worship band up. Last week, I don't know if most of you guys know, um, we had baptism. And when I was coming into the church, uh, so for those of you that don't know how baptism works, we usually fill the baptismal tank the day before. So Saturday, we fill the tank because it takes two to three hours, three, four hours to fill the whole tank to the top. And then after that, on Sunday morning, usually you come to put the coils in the water because it makes the water hot. So I come here Sunday morning, and uh, Roger Uncle is here um, earlier than me, and I come here around 6 o'clock, and then I see Roger Uncle, and then I come into the church, and I smell this really bad smell, like, uh, smell like a sewage system. It smells so bad in here. And I was wondering what was happening. Then I go to the baptismal, and I see Roger Uncle is there. He's pouring water into the, into the tank, and he said that the water got drained, and the water went bad. So it smelled really bad in our church. And I see Roger Uncle with one hand. He's taking the buckets and he's pouring it into the water. So then I see that day I had a lot of things to do because for those of you guys, if, you're, if you know there's as making sure the service goes well, there's a lot of things you have to do. But God put in my heart to be like, it's not about those things. It's, how, it's about being a servant leader. So I put those things aside and I started helping Roger Uncle. And as more people started coming in, I saw more people taking the place and we made like an assembly line from, so the utility room has the hot water. We started making an assembly line, one person after the other, one person after the other, one person after the other, until the last person was in the baptismal tank pouring the water in there. The thing that I loved about that, this, this was the thing that really blew my mind, was Rajananka was the oldest person who was pouring the water into the bucket. After that was me. Then generation by generation was getting younger until the last person who was the youngest was pouring the water into the baptismal tank. The significance of that was because the water was, being, was able to be filled, people were able to get baptized. And God showed me a picture of what servant leadership looked like in that moment. He says, generation by generation, show an example in order for more people to come into the kingdom of God, to be welcomed into the fold. And if we all are willing to do that, then there will be more people that will know the love and knowledge and be the grace of Jesus Christ in their life. So from generation to generation, we must do this. We must be able to do the little things. We must be able to do the things that other people don't want to do. And the more that we do that, God will start to do the things that seemed impossible in our lives. God will do some crazy things, some dreams that we thought were not able to even come true. And I want to see that type of church. I want to see that type of community being raised up in our church. So I asked you guys a question, why do you serve? Right? I hope everyone at least was able to get some of the answer today. Well, if you ask me why I serve, well, simply it's because of this. I want to leave a legacy for my kids. I want to be able to bring opportunities for the next generation, opportunities that I never had growing up. And the last thing is, I want the kingdom of God to expand while I'm still on this earth.
I want the kingdom of God to expand on this earth while I'm still alive because that's a mission. That's what God has called me to do on this earth. So church, as we're about to move into a time of worship, as you guys can, you guys can stand right now, I just want to pray a prayer, a blessing upon you. I pray that every single person here today, God is about to inspire something new in your life. If you feel like there is a ministry that, that our church needs, I, pre, I pray that you would take ownership for that. I pray that you would be the ambassador for that. I pray that you would be the catalyst of change. I pray that if there are certain things that are lacking, that you would communicate those things. I pray that even during the week, during your busy times, that you would come and you would serve. Because maybe sometimes we don't have any earthly trophies or earthly crowns, but God has something in heaven in store for all of us. So Jesus, today, as a church, God, as one body, we raise our hands, we raise our hearts because you called us to do something greater, Lord. You have placed something in us, God, that, that only comes from you, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would, we would link our hands together, Lord, that we would put our hearts together. We would position our hearts and our minds, and, our, and we would say that, God, you are the one who has it all, and we are ready. God, we are ready for what you're about to do in this place, Lord. I thank you for your presence in this place, God. Can we just lift our hands in this place? It's a prayer of blessing. It's a prayer of receiving. It's a posture of receiving and saying that, God, I'm ready to receive what you have in my life, God. I'm ready for you to unlock certain things, God. I'm ready for you to unleash certain things in my life, God. And I want you to do that in this place, God. So right now, God, I pray more people will stand up and say they're going to answer the call of a servant leader in their life, Jesus. So I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your power that is working in our lives. I pray you continue to move, and we are believing for greater things to come. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.